because it talked about light, enlightenment, and there are a lot of words in Proverbs that talk about us receiving and being open to teaching and understanding. Verse 2, it says, to know wisdom and perceive words and knowledge. To know and to perceive. Verse 3, to receive instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Again, to receive, to receive instruction. To give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. To give. To God is offering us something. And to increase learning and to give counsel to those of understanding, and to understand proverbs, enigmas, and the words of the wise, and their riddles. So, what's the Christian life really? It's a practice. A doctor has a practice. Lawyers have practices. We have to practice our faith practice our Christianity. And God gives us a book, the whole Bible, which is a book of really a book of law, a book of history, a book of teaching. He gives us that book to study. That's like a lawyer. A lawyer is always in the books. If he has a case, he's in his law books trying to find precedence trying to look up this, that, to make this case. He doesn't graduate from law school and throw his books away. As Christians, once we're baptized, we just don't go to church and sit in Bible class or listen to preaching. We need to be in our books. The library here, Proverbs is part of that. I want to talk about the theme of the book of Proverbs, and it's really based on verse 7, which Richard read earlier. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. <clears throat> this verse is a kind of a Hebrew poetic device. It's called antithetical parallelism. And what it is, is re repeated terms of a poetic couplet, opposite in meaning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In English poetry, we have word rhymes. The last word of a line, like rhyme, the last word of the next line. This is a thought rhyme, how it was described when I read about it. Verse 7 is a, a, a thought line. So let's look at verse 7 here in chapter 1 and kind of dissect both uh, ends of it, both lines. I'm going to start off with the beginning of knowledge. <clears throat> The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So what is the fear of the Lord? 
when we fear the Lord? What's, what, what's that all about? Well, in the Old Testament, fear is translated yara, Y-A-R-A. And it doesn't have just one meaning. It has different shades of meaning. First, there's dread and terror. I think we all, all understand that when we're afraid of something. Something really scares us. And I talked earlier in the Bible class about that fight or flight mechanism that our body has, that chemical reaction. And we're afraid when we're terrified that kicks in. So I think we understand dread and terror. In the scriptures in Deuteronomy uh, 1 verse 29 and also in Jonah 1.10 this is kind of illustrated. This type of dread or terror, this type of fear. It also describes awe. Like how one might feel towards a king. Okay. You look at a person in awe. And a third way to describe this yara, this fear, is to revere. Like we revere our parents, or at least we should revere our parents. Okay, we look at our, at our parents with reference. And these are three ways that we should be fearing God. A sense of dread and terror, awe, and reverence. Now, concerning that, that dread, that terror, we're not to fear God arbitrarily. Okay? Remember in Exodus chapter 20, verses 18 through 20, when uh, God descended upon Mount Sinai, Moses encouraged the people not to fear God. Not to be in terror of God. Um, it says that God's here to test you. It says so that the fear of God will be with you and keep you from sin. So we're not to arbitrarily be afraid of God. I mean, and really, as Christians, we have a relationship with God, so we understand that kind of fear. A person who's not a Christian there's no, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to come to God. There are people that like that, that, you know, that I'm just afraid to take that step. You know, I'm afraid of what might happen. They hear all these, these things about God doing this and that. And so, so we're, had, we're to have a respectful relationship with God. Uh, a respectful fear in the context of our relationship with God. But we should fear God as opposed to man. Okay? The scriptures in Matthew tells us to not to fear, fear the one who has the ability to put you in hell. We shouldn't fear man. Okay? In Acts, the scriptures tell us that the early church walked in fear. They walked in fear and in reverence. And in Philippians, we're to 
work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay? This reverential fear, not something that we're going to go and cower and hide from. Because if we did that, we really wouldn't be able to work out anything, would we? If we were hiding under the table, trying to hide from God. We wouldn't really be able to work out anything. So, fear of the Lord is reverential submission to his will. As we studied in the Bible class earlier, the Pharaoh didn't have that. He didn't have that reverential submission to God. He actually had no fear of God whatsoever. And that's why he was isolated from God. So the Proverbs tell us that fear is the beginning of knowledge. And it causes us to hate evil. If you have reverence for God, you're not going to go out looking for something negative, something evil to get into. You're not going to think negatively against other people and look to do them harm. You're not going to be thinking of yourself. You're going to be thinking of others. You're going to be thinking of ways to please God. Chapter 10, verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord will prolong life. And I don't want us to misunderstand that. If I fear God... <clears throat> Ten years old. Uh, I'm never going to be sick. It's within context. I mean, none of us live forever. Things are going to happen to us. But if we have a reverential fear of the Lord and awe of the Lord in our everyday living, we're not going to compromise our health. We're not going to compromise our life. All things being equal. Things should be well with us. And when negative things do happen, we have a rock to be able to lean on. We have support. Chapter 14, the Proverbs provide, tells us to provide strong confidence in its fountain of life. That's what I mean when I, when I say these things. You have support, a rock to lean on. <clears throat> Chapter 16 tells us that fear of the Lord prompts us to depart from evil. So if we're caught up in something, and we all, you know, some of us, because of our family situations, were brought up in the church. Some of us weren't. Some of us came to know God from someplace else entirely. And so we have to understand uh, flee evil, depart from evil. And once we understand and have a reverence fear of the Lord, Proverbs tells us that it prompts us to depart from this evil. 
and it leads to a satisfying life and spares us from evil. You're not always in a situation where evil is going to affect you. You're not putting yourself in that situation. So that's what happens if we fear the Lord. This is the beginning of knowledge. If we fear the Lord. Now what happens if we don't have that fear, that awe? Well, the first thing is we deprive ourselves of the benefits of God's wisdom and knowledge. If we don't have that fear, we probably don't have a relationship with God at all, or very little of a relationship. And I've kind of, people who fear God, they understand the fear of the Lord. These are people who are honestly trying to do their best to live a Christian life, to be respectful of their fellow human beings, their fellow brothers and sisters. Uh, people who do not fear the Lord, these are people who might understand God to a certain extent, but they're just neglectful, kind of complacent, and they don't understand fully. They have uh, kind of an ignorance as well. So they deprive ourselves, we deprive ourselves of the benefit of God's wisdom, the benefit of God's knowledge. Also, we tend to get tempted by things. You know, dabble in a little this, dabble in that, dabble with evil. It's kind of a flirtation with evil, with bad things. Okay? And we can get drawn in. And the next thing we know, we're entrapped. We talked earlier about being enveloped in darkness. Your life could possibly be shortened. I mean, if you're attracted to evil, if you start to dabble in evil, you can get caught up in all kinds of things. You could compromise your life as opposed to that long life, that long God-sustained life. And we don't fully understand the love and assurance that God gives. We don't, you know, if we're not seeking knowledge, if we're not in awe and giving God reverence, we don't understand the assurance and confidence that we have, that the people who understand have in their salvation. Uh, uh, Richard, I use you as an example. Um, and when things are like having a bad day, things are not going right, or having a crisis. And you can say, well, I know I'm going to heaven. If you don't have that fear, that reverence, you, you don't have that assurance. I mean, can we say that? We should be able to, to say that to the best of our abilities is we're living our lives. This is what's going to happen. And if we don't have that fear of reverence, we're not going to be motivated to work out our own salvation. 
because it is a practice. It is something that we have to work on daily. And if we don't care, if we're not, if we don't revere God, if we don't awe God, it doesn't really mean anything to us. So we're not going to be bothered with trying to work out our salvation. Well, then there's the third group. There's a group of people who despise wisdom, and that's the second part of that poetic couplet. Remember when I was a little kid, my brother, he was a year younger than me, and we used to get in all kinds of mischief and trouble. And sometimes we get upset with each other and fight and, and uh, <clears throat> name call. <clears throat> and I just remember one time he upset me and I called him a fool. Well, our elders didn't want us to do that. Don't ever call your brother a fool. And I was thinking now, other than it might be rude, what's wrong with that? I mean, it's not a, it's not a cuss word. I look at it as being a cuss word. It wasn't profanity. I can't call him a fool. And I started studying for this, this lesson. And I found that in Hebrew, the word fool synonymous for a person is morally morally challenged person. You remember in Matthew when Jesus says, don't call your brother a fool out of anger. You're calling someone, accusing them of being corrupted moral. And so I kind of understand it. I kind of understand it better now. Um, it's an adjective and it means someone who hates wisdom and walks with a lack of understanding and despise, now despise, that's a heavy word, despises wisdom and morality. Despises wisdom and morality. And that's why you shouldn't call your brother a fool. And I understand that now. God talks about this in Proverbs, it's foolish to stand. Uh, in chapter 1 verse 22 chapter 17 verse 16 and chapter 18 verse 2 this disdain that the fool has uh, fools disregard instruction they're not interested in wisdom and they're unwilling to heed the counsel of others okay you ever talk with someone who's just you know, they don't really want to hear it. You talk to them, it's kind of like, they got this kind of like blank stare kind of on their face. It's just kind of like going through them. You know, they don't want to listen to someone with more experience who might have gone through the things that they're going through, but they don't want to hear it. Okay? Or you're talking with someone and you can tell that their mind is calculating, they're 
not really listening to what you're saying. They're, they're waiting to rebut what you're saying. Okay. So what happens? Well, Proverbs tell us this, this uh, lack of listening, lack of not wanting to be counseled leads to defeat and failure. You don't really have a chance. You don't really have a chance. And fools, as we studied in class earlier today with Farrell, only listen to their own heart, their own desire, what they want. They kind of like live in the moment, you know. This is what I want to do now because this makes me feel good or this gratifies me or this is what I want to do. They listen to their own heart. Proverbs tells us that only wisdom and delight can be attained through the counsel of others, through God, through experienced people who are there to help you in the church setting, talking about the official elders, okay, knowledgeable people, godly people. So, to become truly wise, as the Proverbs tell us, we're to fear the Lord. Not in terror, not running and hiding under the table, but a respectful reverence and awe. And to be truly wise, we have to develop this. This is not something that just, just happens. When you're a kid, you're a little baby. You're with your parents. And as you're growing, you don't really understand it. But you, you know, through their teaching, you come to the point where you revere them. You respect them. And this is, I believe, in that. The Ten Commandments. It instructs us to honor our parents honor our father and mother. I believe that's what it means. It means to walk in their instruction. If they're teaching you correctly God's ways, the people of the Israelites at that time, walk in the instruction of God, the instruction that your parents hand down to you. And that's how you honor your father and mother. That's how you honor God. Second Peter, in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, uh, tells us that his knowledge has given us great promises. I'm paraphrasing. The knowledge of God, God's knowledge has given us great promises. So, as Second Corinthians, chapter 7, instructs us let's perfect holiness in fear of God let's perfect our holiness let's work at it let's practice it so what are we going to be are we going to be wise or are we going to be fools 
Josh has picked a song. We're going to sing. And it's a time for reflection. If you have any needs, any spiritual needs, any needs that you need to share with the congregation or share with just an individual brother or sister. Now's the time to reflect on that and uh, make your needs known. Thank you.